Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and welcome again to another wonderful spiritual teaching video for you. Yes, you out there, and you that are sitting with me right now in the Garden of Eden spiritually. You might be asleep on the other side of the world, but you and I are together in your dreams. I am Pastor Deborah. And you are a precious one. We're here in another wonderful weekly spiritual teaching video for you called Words of Encouragement. We're in the year 2024, and this is January of 2024. And this is going to be week number three of Words of Encouragement. I try to give you one of these each week. At least I can do that for you. And we're going to be talking and I'm going to be asking you a powerful question. And I'm going to use this wonderful motion video I got from Pixabay. It shows clouds and mountains. And that is going to help us to understand the question I have for you. Coming right out of the authorized King James Bible for you. That's right. I'm a Bible-believing person. You might believe in another book, or maybe a prophet, or you might be praying to a statue or a man, listening to ancient ancestors. But I listen to words of spirit and life. They have transformed me from what I was to who I am today. And they're still transforming me as I continue to feed on them, drink of them, take them in, and learn and grow. So welcome to words of encouragement from me, Pastor Deborah. And this word of encouragement, its question to you is, whose acts of kindness is truly excellent? Nowadays, we see a lot about kindness. Be kind to people, to animals, to the planet. And we're all trying to do deeds or acts of kindness. And so it is a good topic to be talking about. Remember, when an act of kindness is occurring, usually somebody is doing it. But we don't think about that acts of kindness can come from animals to animals. We don't think about it too much. We just look and see a human doing something good or righteous or kind, helpful to somebody else who needs help. So in this word of encouragement, I'm asking you a question. I want you to do some self-reflection. That's what a master teacher always does with its disciples. It's have you think about yourself. In the ancient days of China and many other nations, you would read poems and scriptures from ancient ancestors, maybe the emperors or the poets of their day, and you would read their poems, and they would help you to understand yourself and life, nature, events, and how to act during that time. Plays were used, music was used, paintings were used, historical documents were used. When you are trying to become a better person, and you don't know how to do it, We'll look, we will look at many examples out in society. We will listen to many different viewpoints. And we will try to understand what's going on in the world. And right now, I'm just going to ask you personally this question. I want you to look at yourself, others, think about it. I want you to hear some powerful words that were written long ago by a wonderful man. 
His name is King David of ancient Israel. King David was the second king of ancient Israel, raised up with the sheep. He was a shepherd. He would stay out in the fields, see his God and the stars, relied on him to help him protect the sheep from the tigers and the lions, even from humans who were trying to steal and rob them. King David was a poet, a musician, a writer, who became a king. And he wrote down many of his thoughts, his prayers, his into songs, we call them psalms. And he had probably a musical instrument, maybe a lyre. And he would sort of speak these words. And we have a wonderful opportunity to listen to King David even now. Many people recognize King David as a king from ancient history. Not saying they liked him, but they knew about him. So his question to us here on this word of encouragement for January 2024 is whose acts of kindness is truly excellent. Did you know you could do an act of kindness but have the wrong motives? Your heart could be perverse and evil and wicked, yet you do an act of kindness to get something. You might use emotional kidnapping of another person, so to speak, so they will think you're kind. You may lie and deceive them. I I hear that all the time in many of these dramas. I'm doing this for your own good. When really it was the good of the parents. I'm doing this for you. So you can have a better life. I'm selling you to the king. Putting you into bondage and slavery. But you'll be better off than with us. Were those acts of kindness? So sometimes our acts of kindness are very selfish. They're full of pride. Because we want to get a pat on the back. We want people to think we're good. And we're righteous and so loving. But yet, we're using ulterior motives for our acts of kindness. Sometimes our acts of kindness, our deeds, what we do, we want recognition for. We want somebody to say, thank you, well done. We want to be seen doing it. Is that an act of kindness? Yes. But the motives are not right. Will it count on your account? No. Some acts of kindness are just for now. We call it being in the flesh. It will not extend on into eternity upon your earthly death. Some acts of kindness are weird. We think kidnapping a wild animal, bringing them into a zoo, putting them in a cage is an act of kindness and helping to preserve maybe do research on that animal is that a true act of kindness the animal was meant to be free so we have to look at our acts of kindness why do we do something what's the motive behind it what are we hoping to get a lot of times there's many community organizations, national groups that act ask us for money and resources to do acts of kindness around the world to help people, to help children. You can give, but what's going on on the inside? Why? What's your real motive? What is the foundation for your giving? So here in this Word of encouragement, we're just going to ask you a few questions. Self-reflection time. But let's give Zoom Pro a big thank you. I'm recording through that program today. And I'm using a wonderful motion video 
by Pixabay of mountains and clouds, mountain tops, and that's going to help us. I'll put this in the video editing program called Wondershare from Mora. I'll add some music and titles and transitions and try to make a pretty good video for you to learn by. A lot of pastors know how to do this, but they don't. They allow their technical teams, their uh, television producers, their website people to do it for them. Other people, uh, they do record, but it's not the best. I try to teach them how to use videos, make YouTube shorts, how to dress, especially a lot of women. They don't know how to dress properly when they're on camera. They don't understand a lot of things yet, so we have to help them. So everybody be patient with us. We're learning. So here in this word of encouragement, we're going to go to Psalms 36, verses 5 through 10. This was a song that David wrote, and he's speaking to us, and he's asking us a question. But he's also giving us the answer. So we want to listen to him as this word of encouragement is brought to you. But first, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent us your governor, our master teacher, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us deeply if we are one of your children. And that he is here to help us, to teach us to bring us your words of spirit and life. If we're not one of your children yet, he is instrumental in coming to us in our dreams, visiting us in all sorts of ways, helping us to see you, hear you, understand you, and believe you. So, Father, in through him, help us to understand these words written by King David. Father, fulfill your words of Isaiah 60, 61 and 62 your father's heart your desires and prophetic words for all humanity father give us a spiritual circumcision based on hebrews 4 12 where you cut the flesh off and you allow our spirit to come up out of our flesh our soul so that you can minister to it in light and truth Open up these scriptures to us from King David. Help them to pierce into our soul and our spirit, bringing truth and light to us. We may be able to answer this question that King David is asking us. Whose acts of kindness is truly excellent? So, Father, be with us as I teach. In the name of your Son, Christ Jesus, the Prince of the Kingdom of Heaven. Amen. All right. Psalms 36, 5 through 10. Please remember, I use the authorized King James Bible. It has no commentaries from any denomination, any person. I have to use the Strong's Concordance and a Webster's Dictionary to look up the words. My interpreter is the Holy Spirit. He thinks differently than our denominations, our religions, people, even Bible scholars. He has the truth. So I learned a long time ago, when I don't understand what I'm reading and trying to understand spiritually, I ask him. And he'll show me in ways that I can understand. Might be through a video, a movie, uh, music, nature, circumstances, other scriptures, other true stories. But he knows that I need understanding. So he is here today, and he will help you. So gather around and listen, precious spiritual disciples, as Pastor Deborah teaches you a lesson by asking you a question. King David's going to help us. So let's listen to King David. Verse 5. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. 
So first off, he says, your mercy. Is that an act of kindness? Yes. Mercy is an act of kindness. What does mercy mean? Forgiveness. Does it mean I pity you? No. It means I love you. Maybe you've done something wrong, hurt somebody. And the guilt is so heavy on you. Maybe you're in so much fear or torment, angry and vengeful. You need some mercy. So he is saying right from the beginning that his Lord and God that he met out in the fields, his acts of mercy, for he was a Lord, that means the owner, was in the heavens. It means high up above in the kingdom of heaven is where the fountain of mercy and kindness comes from. And your faithfulness reaches into the clouds. David is saying, you are so high, God, my Lord, that your mercy is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness to me in every situation reaches up high above me, beyond my understanding. At that time, remember, David knew nothing about space. He could see the stars. And had lots of stories about the stars. But the clouds and the mountains, they represented the high place of God. His high eternal kingdom. He wasn't down here with the sheep eating grass. He was high and lifted up. Verse number six. You, O Lord, Righteousness is like the great mountains. So he's saying that in your acts of kindness, you have mercy. You have faithfulness. You have righteousness. And it's saying it is so powerful, so tall, so strong. It's like these high mountains. Forever standing, high above, unaffected by what is going on, way down in the valleys, in the deserts. He was comparing his God, his Lord. And he was saying, your acts of kindness, they are filled with many things. Mercy. Faithfulness. Righteousness. He goes on and says in verse 6, David is saying also in your acts of kindness, it includes your spiritual judgments, which are a great deep. That means they look down, they reach down, they look down deep into our acts, our thoughts. They go down to the very bottom, the pits, They include everything we think of, our desires, our concepts, our soul, our spirit. Your judgments are so deep. It includes every part of me, my physical body, my spirit, and my soul. So David's telling us that so far that this person's acts of kindness is his Lord his God, his King. And it is full of mercy, faithfulness, righteousness, judgment. And David goes on and says that your acts of kindness also include that you preserve me, humanity, and even the beast. I have a lot of feral cats that I take care of. And yes, they do get run over by cars. They get infections. 
and they die. And I get attached to them. I try not to. But I do. And when one dies, I am comforted by going to the Garden of Eden at night. And the real cat comforts me. You see, in the world of the flesh, all of nature, trees, animals, they are only shadows of the real living creatures. So in the garden, in the kingdom of heaven, in the realm of the spirit, there are real cats. And they come to me and they comfort me. And they tell me, thank you for caring for their shadow in the flesh, in the realm and the kingdom of the flesh. So I'm comforted by the real, by the spirit. It does hurt when the feral cats die. I miss them. But I remember the real them, who I will see again, is in the realm of the spirit, the Garden of Eden. I'm a caretaker of the flesh, even my own physical body. I must love it and care for it. But it is going to disappear one day. But the real me is in the realm of the spirit. So I will be looked at and judged by how my spirit that's inside of this dirt body cares for my soul. My soul is my helpmate, sort of like my wife. I'm to care for my wife, protect it, cover it with my spirit, sort of like the veil that women wear in many religions. And my physical body is my helpmate also. And I'm to care for it. But it's not the real me. The real me is a spirit, a forever person, who has a body, who lives in here, in this dirt. So you have to learn a lot about yourself. So here, in this word of encouragement, we're just asking ourselves a deep question. Whose acts of kindness is truly excellent? So King David is telling us, so far it's his Lord. Because his Lord's acts of kindness are filled with mercy. That means forgiveness. It's faithful. It will not waver even to the most wicked, evil person. No matter what they've done, it will reach out to them. An act of kindness, bring in agape love, a cool cup of water. And saying you are forgiven. Come home. Even if it's after death. We won't lose you. To hell. We won't lose you to the dragon. We won't lose you. To sin or death. David goes on and said. It is his Lord. That's filled. With righteous acts. Of kindness. It's so high and mighty and strong. He looked at the mountains and could say, There you are, Lord. Your righteous acts of kindness are like this mountain. High and mighty and lifted up. Your spiritual judgments go deep down to the bottom of the pits. And every act and deed that we do, every thought and image and concept we believe in, You judge us. And he also says you preserve us. You preserve humanity and the beast. Not in the realm of the flesh it's going to pass away. But the spirit realm is preserved. Verse number seven. How excellent is your loving kindness. Oh God. So David is telling us again, this God's acts of kindness are loving. Therefore, the children of men 
humanity will put their trust under the shadow, under the shield, the walls of your wings. You can see this in nature when a chicken or a duck takes their little ducklings or chickens, chicks, I think they're called, under their wings. You can also see it when someone lays on a grenade to save your life. A soldier lays down their life for you to be free. Lays down on a barbed wire fence for you to walk on their back to get to freedom. You'll see it in movies where a man will fall on a female to protect her from getting hurt. Or somebody will step in front of a bullet like a secret service guy to save the president. Those are acts of kindness. And he is saying to us, King David, that your love towards us, it is so kind that you will put us under your shadow. You will be our shield. You will be our walls like a castle. And your wings will protect us. A lot of eagles, most of them, help their young to learn to fly by putting them on their wings. So David is telling us that this Lord of his, he is excellent. And it is proven because of his loving kindness. And that the children of humanity will learn this. And they will desire to put their lives, their spirits, their soul, physical bodies under his shadow, under his protection. He will become their shield and the very walls to protect them of his wings. So kindness includes what? It includes having a shield of protection. Having walls to protect. Being a savior. Dying to your, for others to live. Protecting, protecting, protecting. I love my men. They are powerful protectors. When I go to Walmart, I talk to the greeters. They're always big guys, and I talk to them. That you have those muscles to protect us. I'm real short. I'm only 5'2". And you're to protect the innocent and the orphans and the widows. You're not to just be a bodybuilder, I tell them. And do contests. You could do that. But you were built physically. Not only to fight the enemy, but to protect. So King David is telling us that this God of his, that he met out in the shepherd's fields, his acts of kindness were excellent. He is saying how excellent, good, righteous is your loving kindness. When you give something, maybe food or clothes, it's an act of kindness. But you have to weigh that out. You have to look at your motives. You have to look at what you're trying to get. Some some people do it to get recognition. Be noticed. Make themselves feel good. Verse 8. David keeps telling us they or them who's put their trust in you, O Lord, shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness, which means fullness, of your house.
The word house means his image, his likeness, his nature, his glory, his kingdom, his family. So King David is telling us, if you put your trust in his God, you will be abundantly satisfied. Because this God, this Lord, whose kindness is truly excellent, It has a fullness, means fatness. His house is so full of riches and glory, loving kindness, of mercy, forgiveness, righteousness, and judgment. It's full of protection. It's a shield. He said, all of that fullness of these acts of kindness, his love towards you, called agape. It's not a human love. It doesn't die when the body dies. It never stops loving you. Never. It always loves you. And it is saying your house, which means your image, your likeness, your nature, your glory, your kingdom, is so full, I will be satisfied. And David goes on and says, And you, O Lord, whose acts of kindness are excellent, shall make us humanity trust in you spiritually. We shall drink from your acts of kindness. We will be nourished, fed. We'll be able to eat and drink spiritually from the waters of the river of life and of its pleasure, its kindness. I have a story about that. One day I was going to a church, sort of carrying my empty plate to the banquet hall, sat down and waited for the pastor to to say, come and eat. And for him to speak words that I could take in, I could listen to, feed on, nourish some of these acts of kindness and an understanding. And what I got was an empty plate. But I didn't know it at the time. The story is called, You Did Not Get Fed Today. So I went to this church waiting to hear some good news, some Bible teaching. And what I got was this pastor told us about the ministries both in the city and around the world the church was doing. Orphanages, feeding programs. They had a school on their grounds. And they talked about the mission of that church, how it was to go out into the world and do these things. He did an excellent job talking about the different outreach ministries and evangelism the church was doing. And he said... If your heart feels drawn to these ministries and you want to help the church in this work, please join the church. I thought it was so good. He explained it. They had pictures. And when it was over, some people went forward to join to be a part of the outreach ministries and a part of the in-town ministries of the church. I went to my car, sat, and I waited for my son. He was at another church. We were going to go to lunch. So I turned on the radio, and I heard another pastor teaching on angels. And during this time, something happened. While I'm just listening to some words, teaching, I saw the gift of discerning of spirits came on. I could see into the realm of the spirit what was happening. The first thing I heard was a voice. 
It was God himself through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. And he said, you did not get fed today. He was angry at the pastor. But I'm listening to a teacher, another pastor, teach on angels. And I say my hand, like this, go over to the center of the car and pick up some. It looked like a little piece of chicken or lamb. And I brought it here and I started eating. While I'm listening to this pastor teach on angels. I'm just doing this. I'm eating. I'm listening. I'm eating. And after a little while, the Lord said, Now I can have holy common union with you. My hand went up and a golden cup appeared. Let me show you what it might have looked like. It was a cup like this, but it was golden. Beautiful. And I started drinking. Real wine. Now, I've had real wine. But I quit drinking years ago. Drinking. Then a piece of bread would show up. I'd eat Then the Lord said to me, Now, you and I are one. You have partook of my blood and of my body, spiritually. I have nourished you and fed you. We have had a meal together. We have dined together. Now, be at peace. You have been fed. That was a true story that happened to me. So I wanted to bring that in here about so you will understand. Sometimes you don't get anything to eat when you go and listen to some teachers and preachers. Most of you are on baby food. You just need the milk of the word, agape love. Just need to know that you're loved. I'm working with a crown prince right now. He had a lot of trauma in his life. And when he comes to me in the spirit, he is about a anywhere from a five-year-old child, six, seven, eight. He needs a lot of mommying. That's his spirit. Now, he's a grown man. He's married. Been married several times. Got lots of kids. A lot of sadness in his soul. So God's working with his spirit. That's right. And he's trapped in a system of imperialism, empires, ancestors. Now he's not a happy camper in the soul. But in the spirit, he's a little kid. Needs a mama. So I mommy him. So what we're learning about this word of encouragement is that King David is telling us there is a who. And he has acts of kindness. And they are excellent. And we learned right here. You that trust in this God of the Bible. King David's God. The God of ancient Israel and Israel today. You know the word Israel actually means prince. Mm -hmm. That's right. He is saying that he will help you. This Lord of King David. Some people call him Christ Jesus. Yep. He's a Lord, means owner. His Father, God the Most High, is not represented by a star or a moon or a statue. He's eternal and unseen. It says, He will show you and He will make you to trust in Him when you spiritually drink and eat and be nourished By his spirit and his light and his words. You'll be fed freely. From his waters of the river of pleasure. You don't understand. How powerful words are. How they feed us or they poison us. I learned that day. That I could go somewhere and not get truth. Or light. So I w- walked away from a 
Bible teaching, a preaching, church service, unfed. And God had shown me what spiritual food, Bible teaching, words of truth look like. I got an act of kindness that day by listening to a radio and a pastor teaching on angels. But he had to contrast that with going into church with with a plate to get some food and a glass to get some water, and I got nothing. But he has rivers of pleasures for us, not sexual, but of life, nutrition, fullness, grace, and mercy that he wants us to drink from and partake of from him. Verse 9. For with you, O Lord, my God, is the fountain of life. That's an act of kindness. This God of King David is the fountain of life. In my, the Lord's light, David is saying, in his revelations, in his truth, in his kindness, in his grace, in his mercy, in his authority and power, dominion, shall we, our forever persons, spiritually see and know what light and truth is. Most of you live in darkness. means ignorance. Your spirit is ignorant. It is a darkened spirit. Your soul is darkened. How the pattern is supposed to work is you are supposed to get the Holy Spirit into your spirit. There's supposed to be a holy holy sin there. And that spiritual light, truth, is to come from the Holy Spirit, your master teacher, out to your spirit. And your spirit has light, which is truth and knowledge, shined on it about the true kingdom, the eternal realms of the spirit. Then your spirit is sort of like a husband. And he is to teach, release, transform his soul, which is like his wife, sort of a woman. And your soul is to sit and learn from your spirit. This is all going on on the inside of you. We sort of have the pattern in the natural where the man rules and the woman is subservient and submitted to her husband. That's the spiritual pattern between spirit and soul. Many religions don't quite understand this yet. And they take this pattern spiritually, and they play it out in the natural. One of the things is that a woman should cover her hair, and her hair should not be uncovered. What that means spiritually, that the hair is the soul and it should be covered by the spirit her husband and be covered by truth and light that's the shield for the soul and the truth and the light is the shield the wings the protection from God's acts of kindness You have to go slow and you have to look for patterns and understand. This is deep work. The flesh is trying to show us the deep eternal patterns of our spirit, soul, and physical body. But we've got it all messed up. And we have a helper that does that. His name is Satan, the king of the darkness, spiritual Babylon. I have a lot of videos on spiritual Babylon, the kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. You have to understand, our spirit and our flesh has an enemy here on the planet. He was a high cherubim named Lucifer. 
He got kicked out for getting prideful and full of lust. He craved and was obsessed with becoming God himself, sitting on the high place. He wasn't content with just being a servant. Perverted him, twisted him, brought forth a fires of lust. He got cast out and sent to the planet Earth. He is here, been here. He lives in us. He tries to take the place of the Holy Spirit in us, speak to us, give us prophetic words, be our ancestors, talk to us, give us ideas and concepts. He works through people, animals, nature, the weather. He's a busy guy. You'll get to know him. I don't know if you'll get to know him as close as I do. But I've had him walk down my hallway looking for me spiritually. While I laid in bed with my husband. I had to call on Samuel, my angel. He covered me with a cloak of forget, a cloak of invisibility under his wings. I was hidden. I learned about God's provisions, his acts of kindness, his wings of a ship of protection. So here in verse number nine, we're learning a little bit more from King David. He says, For with you, O Lord, is the fountains of life. In my Lord's light, revelation, truth, kindness, grace and mercy, authority and power, dominion, shall we spiritually see, know his light and truth. So these acts of kindness are to help us to see him, trust him, King David's God, know his light, know his truth, be fed by him, grow up and mature spiritually and to all he desires for us to be. Verse 10. David goes on and says, O continue your loving kindness unto us that spiritually know you and your spiritual righteousness to the upright in heart, in our thoughts, in our concepts, in our ideas, in our deeds, in our laws, in our culture and beliefs. David is saying his God is the one whose acts of kindness are truly excellent. And he says when we continue in his loving kindness... He's going to do wonderful things for us. We will be in his spiritual righteousness. We will be seen upright, not stooped over, groveling like an animal. We will be upright in his heart, in his thoughts, in his concepts, in his ideas, in his deeds and laws. His culture and belief. We will be seen righteous. Then he will take all of that. And teach us. Our forever person. How to live in these acts of kindness. In our culture. Through our beliefs. By our laws of our nations. Through our deeds our nations do. Look at yourself as a kingdom. A land. A territory. You have a spirit. It has a body. You have a soul that has thoughts and ideas. And you have a physical body. That's a kingdom. It is both spirit and flesh. That's right. So he is saying, everything of his God was for my spirit. And from my spirit, who is sort of like the husband, the protector of the soul. It is to help the soul transform itself into the proper helpmate for the spirit out into the world of the flesh 
My spirit must be in the presence of God, be hearing, interacting with the Holy Spirit. And my spirit, the husband, sits and teaches my soul. How that works is like this. There are times when my soul is depressed, saddened. Things are going on. People are trying to kill me. Lots of attacks. And my soul is sad. My spirit, I will lay on my bed and my spirit will come to my soul inside of me and say, Soul, we are not going to let you sit in that depression. I know it's hard for you. You're connected to the biological body. You see and hear all this stuff. But I'm coming to you as your husband. Your protector, your provider. I'm coming to you and say, soul, come with me. Into the presence of the Lord. King David did that all the time. He said, soul, why are you so downcast today? Come with me. We're going together into the presence of the Lord. And he will renew us and refresh us and take all that away. I've done that so many times to my soul. My spirit must rise up. Become the king. Watch over the soul. I tell you another story. I had this precious young lady, Miss Amanda, who I was working with. She came out of multi-generational Satanism. And we were in the car one day, and she wanted to go to the store. So she got out and went into the store. But her spirit came back to me and said, If that other part of me, my soul and physical body, continue doing what it's doing, a lot of drug, alcohol, sex, homelessness, smoking cigarettes. If it continues to do that, I, this is the, her spirit, will die. I said, yes, you will. And the spirit asked me what it could do. I said, you, spirit of Amanda, are going to have to speak to that other part of you called your soul. And your soul will speak to your physical body. You have to stop the drinking, the sex, the drugs. Get stable and get out of homelessness. And the Spirit said to me, If I do that, I will get in trouble. There's a whole world inside of us. That world can be fragmented, disassociated, many parts of the forever person, many in the many, in the soul, called disassociation, multiple personalities. But the spirit must rise up, the forever person. It must know these scriptures, that the word of God is for it. It must rise up as a king. It must rise up as a caretaker, protector of the soul. It must tell the soul, no, you're not going to listen to that. That's not right. That's not doesn't line up. With the word of God, with truth, you can't vote that way, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. The soul then must get strong and obey the spirit. When the spirit is weak, the soul will dominate. Whatever concepts, hearing, however it's been programmed, sort of like a Manchurian candidate... The soul will use the biological body for that. And it will become more powerful than even the spirit. And the soul can control the spirit. That's not the pattern. The pattern is the Holy Spirit inside of the spirit. The spirit of a human being the king. Understanding truth and light. Teaching. Helping to transform the soul. I went through this. It's in the story called It's Time on the website in the School of Light. I went through powerful spiritual transformation. I had a spiritual experience one night. I was inside of Christ Jesus on the cross. I felt all the pain. You have to have that to experience it spiritually. It is your death. 
and resurrection. When he got up out of the tomb on the third day, I was in him. I was in his thoughts. He brought me up into a new glorified body. I had to grow. I was a baby. Most of you are babies if you believe in him. Most of you don't understand the internal system that was set up. You don't understand it's a kingdom. There's a king. There's rules. There's laws. Who's to be the boss? Your spirit or your soul or your physical body? It's a mess. So you need words of encouragement. You need lots of information and education. Sometimes you need prayers for deliverance. Because you got some things that need to be cast out. You need healing. You need truth and light. You know, sometimes like the crown prince I'm working with. He's but a child. He needs a mama. He needs mama's agape love. When he comes to me in the garden, he just snuggles as a young one. That's his spirit. It's a baby. It can't do anything yet to help its soul. So the soul is miserable. He does a lot of things to get a lot of adrenaline going. Gives, a, gives him a good pleasure. So the body's ruling. The soul's ruling, not the spirit. Most of you are still in trances, in the dark, in self-hypnosis. You're not even awake yet. That's right. So words of encouragement are to reach that part of you. The spirit part of you can be very frightened. It can have a lot of things in it that's not pretty. Mm -hmm. So this word of encouragement is to teach you from King David. There is a who that acts of kindness are excellent. It was his God, his Lord, the Lord and God of Israel. Mm -hmm. Pastor Deborah's God. I finally got the system correct on the inside. The pattern once you grow up is this. The Holy Spirit inside of your spirit. Feeding you, teaching you, giving you water, comforting you spiritually. Your spirit then becomes a priest. You put on the white robe of righteousness, the priest gown. Then as you grow and mature, you become a soldier. A warrior. You put on your armor. The full armor of God. Over your priest robe. I am a priest. A king. And a warrior. Because my spirit. Is a male. Sort of. Creature. Then. When I get to a certain age. Of marriage. The father will help. My spirit. To be wed to. To protect my soul. I just saw a beautiful, beautiful picture. Of a wedding in a Chinese drama. Of a father handing his daughter's hand to her husband. And saying, I pass her onto you. That as soon as I saw that. I started crying. Because it was an illustration. The church of Jesus Christ is but a child. It is in the hands of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Until the church, all of the believers grow up and the Father can pass the church, the bride, and give it into the hands of Christ Jesus to watch over on the new earth to protect it, provide for it. He will send Christ Jesus and the bride, the whole church of God, out to new lands and territory. The human wedding is a spiritual example. The father giving his church, his daughter, to his son. 
You don't understand how all of these flesh examples, what they're for. I have to learn it and I have to see it. I see it in movies and dramas, historical dramas. So here in this word of encouragement, there is a who whose acts of kindness are truly excellent. And King King David tells us it was his God. And it's Pastor Deborah's God. And he has a lot in that kindness. And what the purposes are. It's fullness. is excellent. So you be encouraged. King David's God is waiting to meet you. Take you in. Teach you. Train you. Grow you up. Protect you. Provide for you. Spiritually. So then one day. You'll be able to help your own soul with God's words of light and truth that you will transfer to your soul. Tell your story of what that looks like. When you want to be clean and have nothing in you except truth and light from God, you pray that prayer. I did that. I wanted nothing in me, no thought, no imagination, no tradition, no concept, no belief. If it was not the truth from the King James Bible and the truth of God, I didn't want it. I wanted it out. Call it whatever you want, a stain, a wound, dark spot. wanted it out. So one day I was giving a test in a college I was reading the Bible and came across a scripture that talked about don't believe the traditions of men, their vain beliefs. And I go, I had been believing there was a Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny. I had taught my son that, who was 10. I was Santa Claus. I was the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny. My parents had taught me this. This was a tradition of men. Businesses, stores teach us there's a Santa Claus. The Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day Parade says there's a Santa Claus. All the movies, cartoons, there's a Santa Claus. There's Rudolph. There's Frosty the Snowman. I had believed the lies of a culture. Traditions of men. And I had passed those on to my child. I asked. But I had to have that revelation that came from the spiritual wanting to be clean. It came when I was reading it. I said, God, forgive me, cleanse me, take everything, whatever was attached to it, but however, take it away. Get it out of me. Comes out of your spirit and it comes out of your soul. Came home. God had asked me to finish this. I was to get on my knees in front of my 10-year-old child, son, and ask his forgiveness for lying to him and deceiving him about the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, and Santa Claus. When you can do that, you are beginning to get cleaned up. I went to my own son on my knees. I've gone to pastors and asked their forgiveness and workers You're going to get through this by humbling yourself and asking people to forgive you for lying to them, cheating them, not being honest, following traditions of men. So, I learned. Then, what I did, that information and truth went to my soul. We ca- I came home. There was never a Santa Claus again in the house. No stockings. No more Easter Bunny. No more Tooth Fairy. I couldn't quite explain it to my husband because he didn't understand it. But we never put up a Santa Claus thing. I get into Christmas with lights. Beautiful flower arrangements. Have a manger scene. But that's the real Christmas. Not all the other stuff. So, you be encouraged. There's education for you to learn. There's truths for you to have. 
light has come today in this word of encouragement. So let's pray before we leave. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time from your Master Teacher, the Holy Spirit, and all of the stories that Pastor Deborah lived and is telling on herself about her transformation. Thank you. Father, help these people that watch this today here with me in the garden, whether they're in their sleep or their dreams. Reach out. Go into all the world and make disciples of them. Not of Pastor Deborah, but of you. They are your disciples, Father. Father, thank you for YouTube, for LinkedIn, for Twitter, for all the free podcasts I put this on. Father, thank you that you are doing your work. You're going to fulfill Isaiah 60, 61, and 62. And you will bring back your words filled with fruit and life unto you. Father, be about your work. And anybody that wants to meet you and get to know you and have you as their father, make it happen right now this day through this video. Anybody needs deliverance like Pastor Deborah did? from dark things in there, concepts of men, tradition, take it out. Father, for those who've not yet experienced the powerful spiritual experience of the cross, make it happen. Father, help their spirits to rise up and be the mighty king of the kingdom within. Father, give them truth and light. Help them to get the patterns right on the inside. And let your food and light flow freely to their spirit. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, see you next week on another word of encouragement here in 2024. Bye.